Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth have somewhat of a postcard to show you today. It's a a little postcard that we sent out as a church to remind teenagers of our upcoming youth conference. We call it Awaken, and it's going to be on June 24th. It's just a one-day event, $10 per person, and that really just covers, we, we actually lose money on it. But we'd love to have you, your group, uh, individual teenagers come be a part of that special day. We have uh, Dean Miller, good buddy of mine, Kenny Baldwin, some great preachers, and just a lot of fun. And we'd love to have you on that day. Just contact us here at the church uh, if you'd like to get some more information. We are in Mark chapter 15 in our Bibles. And wow, honestly, this section of the book of Mark is its just one of those sections that you have to brace yourself for because we're talking about uh, those dark hours when Jesus paid for the sins of the world, Uh, when Jesus had suffered and had been mistreated and mocked and, and all the things we've been talking about for the last couple of days. And now here we are arriving at the place of the cross itself. Look here, if you would, at verse number 21. I think we ended, yes, we ended here yesterday, where the Bible says, And they compel one Simon a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. So I think most people know that Jesus uh, was all God, and all man. Sometimes we call that the hypostatic union. The fact that Jesus never ceased to be God when he became man, but he was all man as well. So in that sense, he suffered the things that we as human beings suffered because he he was and, and is a human being, but, uh, but he did not divest himself of the prerogatives of of deity when he came to this earth, or I should I should say he did didn't divest himself of, of his godness, uh, but he did divest himself of the prerogatives of deity. In other words, Jesus didn't didn't use his omnipotence on earth. Did Jesus could Jesus have fed himself? Could Jesus have created food? Could Jesus have gone without sleep as God? Of course, but he chose to limit himself so that in all points he would feel what we feel and suffer what we suffer. And in no more of a poignant way is that demonstrated than in the way that he died, the pain that he felt, the hunger, the all of what went along with that fateful day. So the Bible teaches that on his way to the cross, we talked about this yesterday, how that he fell beneath the load, the weight of that cross, the physical strain, the way by which his body had been punished now gave way to the weight of that cross and he fell. And the Bible says they constrained a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene, so of Northern Africa, to 
carry the cross of Jesus. So think about that. They were under Roman rule. These were Roman guards that were leading Jesus and the others to the place of crucifixion. And we know from some of the other stories of Jesus that the culture of the day was it was permissible for a Roman soldier to compel uh, a Jewish citizen, a Jewish person rather, a non-Roman citizen to carry a load. Remember, if someone would compel thee to carry his pack for one mile, go with him t- two miles, the, 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 the second mile. We, we talk about that. Well, think about that the Romans here just constrained this passerby or this uh, spectator to carry the cross of Jesus, and he did. Now, what's interesting is the Bible gives us some definition about who this is. Simon, uh, of uh, a Cyrenian, and he's the father of Alexander and Rufus. So church tradition tells us that these men all came to Christ and that they were among the early believers. And uh, Simon himself may have been the same church leader that later on shows up in Acts chapter 13. Uh, there at the church at Antioch up in Syria. The point is that this must have been a very impressive scene for these men to see, especially Simon, to see what the Lord was going through. And here he carries the cross of Jesus. And the Bible says in verse number 22, and they bring him into a into the unto the place Golgotha. And the word Golgotha, here it, it's explained, is interpreted the place of a skull. And the, the point there that most people believe is that it represented a skull. The place itself, the cliff itself, the rock face itself looked like a skull. So a couple of misconceptions. First of all, Misconception number one is that Jesus was crucified on a hill far away. The Bible never says that Jesus was crucified on a hill. And so get that out of your mind. We like to think of Jesus out on some hillside with a a kind of a grassy panoramic scene. That's not what happened. The Romans would crucify people at a place where it would gain maximum value, maximum shock and awe. And so the place of the skull probably meant that the place of crucifixion, the backdrop was the place of the skull, but the crucifixion itself took place probably right at the fork of a road or right along a main road. So if you are a uh, believer in the Holy Sepulchre, which by the way, back in those days would have been a much different scene, would not have been a church. Uh, there's very possible that that was the place of crucifixion. It would have been outside of the wall. I'm not going to argue about where the real spot was. We don't know, but it could have been that spot. Or uh, many believe it was Gordon's Calvary or what we call the, the, uh, the garden tomb area. And some of you have been there. And if it's that location, uh, both of them fit in the sense that they're outside the wall uh, the place of the skull, you, I've been there, uh, looks like a little bit of a skull, the cliff face, although the, the nose of the rock face has, has recently fallen off during a storm back in 2016. I'm giving you way, way too much information. The point is this, that Jesus would have been crucified outside of the city at a place where 
people would be walking by a major thoroughfare so that the Romans could send their message, we control, we are in control. And along the way, Jesus fainted or just couldn't go further physically, and Simon the Cyrenian uh, helped him carry the cross. It was probably just the cross member of the cross, and the stake of the cross uh, perhaps was already in the ground at the place of execution. But be that as it may, uh, Jesus is at the end of his physical capacity. He is totally depleted. Now watch what happens in verse number 23. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. So this was kind of like a, an intoxicant, wine mingled with myrrh. Some would call this um, almost like a, uh, like a, um, a novocaine, a, a, a painkiller, if you will, uh, a barbiturate in that sense. The Bible says they gave him wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And so what was the reason why Jesus didn't receive this? Maybe this was even an act of mercy to say, you know, drink this wine and, and this myrrh and it's going to take away, it's going to dull your senses. Uh, perhaps the reason Jesus refused it was to keep himself uh, totally alert and totally aware of the goings on because there were some important transactions that were going to be made now. As Jesus was on the cross, he was still thinking about others. And when you think about the cross of Jesus, think about, first of all, the time frame that Jesus was on the cross about nine o'clock in the morning. And then he spent three hours on that cross before the entire world went dark. Uh, that total eclipse took place and in darkness, uh, Jesus suffered the sins of the world. So there's the first three hours on the cross where Jesus said some things. We'll talk about that. And then there's the next three hours on the cross where darkness fell and the wrath of the justice of God fell upon Jesus as he became sin for us who knew no sin. And then emerging from the darkness three hours later, the cry of Jesus uh, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, or uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And uh, we'll talk about that here in a bit. And then, of course, finally, the death of Jesus, which would be after those three hours. So somewhere around the three to four o'clock range, uh, Jesus dies. And quickly, they take his body off of the cross. And before sunset, he his body is placed in uh, the borrowed tomb. So that gives you kind of a macro of this time on the cross. So let's go back now to verse number 23, where the Bible says they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, so and what that means is when they had nailed him to that cross. To crucify means to be to nail to that cross. When they had crucified him, they parted his garments casting lots upon them what every man should take. Very interesting because the Messianic Psalm 22 tells us that's exactly what would happen. So this is all fulfillment of prophecy and they're parting his garments, they're gambling for his last earthly possession. Jesus dies with absolutely nothing. He who gives everything dies with nothing. He is there upon that cross, naked, bleeding, 
dying in shame, hanging in front of people like his mother, these faithful women that have followed him, his own faithful protege, John, uh, who wrote the Gospel of John. I mean, these are very, very dark days uh, as we are seeing. Wow, I, I... I have more to say, but we're we're already out of time. I feel like I've been rambling today, but let's let's go ahead and stop there. Verse number twenty-four. They've put him on the cross. They've gambled away his clothing, and uh, we're going to jump right back into this uh, passage next episode. So, have a good day in the Lord. Uh, hold your finger there. We're going to come back to this uh, next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.